This week's Hunt and Land podcast is brought to you by the Alabama Department of Conservation and Natural Resources. Take a minute to listen to this special message. Turkey season is here. It's time to listen for those gobblers. Remember to game check your harvest. Your game check data will help manage one of Alabama's favorite game birds. Hunt safe and enjoy the season. Remember to do your part. Game check. Brought to you by the Alabama Department of Conservation and Natural Resources. For more information, visit our website at OutdoorAlabama.com. This is Hunt and Land, the podcast for landowners and land hunters with how-tos for habitat management and land investment. If you own, manage, or dream of owning land, this is the podcast for you. So, Joe, a few weeks into turkey season now, how's your season been going? Well, so far I'm sufficiently exhausted from lack of sleep. My wife is fairly upset with me. I would say virgin on being very upset with me. And uh, I have yet to hear a gobble, believe it or not. Uh, I don't know what's going on with my birds. And I've seen my birds just about every hunt. I've even watched them fly down and do other turkey things, but they will not make a sound. Uh, We've got some predators on the property. You know, I'm seeing a good bit of predator tracks everywhere that I'm seeing turkey tracks. I've had years where predators, you know, turkeys just talked less uh, when there was a, a big predator influence. But it hasn't been a great start to my season. But I've learned from years past that sometimes when you have a slow start, it can end up being a really hot finish because what happens is it kind of clears the woods out. A lot of the folks that really aren't addicted to it like I am, they'll start fishing and then come April, those birds really get cranked up. So that's what I'm telling myself, at least. I probably need to take my wife on a date, maybe spend a little less time out there. But, man, I don't, I don't care. It's just a beautiful time to be in the woods. And I've had too many good experiences in the turkey woods to, to let it get me down. What about you? You've been able to, you've been able to get out there? I hear you having a little, little back problem. Yep, yep. It's had me hemmed up, but we're going to make a run at it this weekend. Well, good deal. Well, today on the show, we are going to be talking about spring food plots and specifically fertilizing those food plots. Uh, We're going to have Chris Grantham on the show to give us a kind of a 101 on liquid fertilizer and how it compares to granular fertilizer. Uh, It's going to be an interesting show. There's a lot of benefits uh, to using liquid, uh, but there's also some, some retooling and some things you need to know before you start. And joining us on the show today is Chris Grantham. Chris is the owner of Alabama Liquid Fertilizer. I'm really excited to learn more about liquid fertilizer because when you're doing food plots, it's just, I don't know. For me, I I still get confused. I can read all I want to read about it. And I just want to know that I'm putting out enough and I'm not going, but I'm also not going to burn my plants and I'm going to be providing something that's going to help the wildlife on my property. Chris, tell us a little bit about Alabama Liquid Fertilizer and tell us a little bit about where you came from. All right. Well, first off, thank you for having me on the show and and I I appreciate the opportunity to be here and try to get a little more information out about liquid fertilizers. It's uh, relatively new to the to the hunting industry. It's something that's been used in the golf course industry and and through some of the farming practices for quite a long time and that's pretty much where we started at. Uh, my father-in-law, Winston Clark, owns uh, Clark Plant Nutrients over in Statesboro, Georgia, has been making liquid fertilizer for 28, 29 years now. 
for golf courses and athletic fields and lawn service companies. And when I met my wife six years ago and found out what he did for a living and how he made the liquid fertilizers and, and how much more efficient than it was with granulars, I knew right then that, that we needed to put something together for food plots and to make it easier to use uh, and also something a little more beneficial because he's able to put micronutrients and other uh, elements into this liquid that you don't normally get with the granular fertilizer. So we started working with it and testing it and coming up with different uh, mixes and testing to see what, you know, what would work best for the wildlife. You know, he can make a liquid fertilizer to do just about anything you want it to do. And he wanted it to be something that would benefit the deer and turkey. And after a bunch of research, we figured out that if we put a dietary calcium into the fertilizer mix, it would go directly into the plants. And that would turn pretty much turn the food plot into a mineral lick. Uh, they, once the deer and the turkey realize they're getting the calcium they need, they come after it. And it took off. It's um, We just finished up our third year on the market and We've doubled our sales each year, and as word has gotten out about the product, we've expanded. We're shipping all over the country now, and we got probably 90, 95% return customer. People's been using it since we brought it on the market and plan to be using it from now on. They, they really love how easy it is to apply, and then they like seeing what their deer and turkey are doing on their, on their properties. And, you know, that's why we plant food plots. If one is to have a place that hopefully you can go and sit and, and harvest the deer, but it's also to help the deer. You know, as, as hunters, we have a, we have an obligation to help the wildlife that we're hunting and to make sure that it's here for future generations. And this is just one product that we have put together that, that does help the wildlife and benefits the deer, helps them grow bigger racks, which is what everybody's hunting. Uh, trophy hunters anyway if you meat hunting it'll it'll make a little bit bigger deer a little healthier deer the calcium enables the those to produce more milk and uh, that makes for a healthier phone and it also uh, increases the eggshell strength on the turkeys and considering everything in the wild likes to eat turkey eggs anything it'll do that we can do to help them out we need to be doing that's pretty much where we come from to put this product together and where we want to go is, you know, we want to keep expanding it into every state and hopefully 10 years from now, every hunter in the country will be using it on their food plots. Well, let's talk a little bit about how it's made. You were talking about using some micronutrients. So how does that differ? You know, y'all coming from the, the turf management side of things, what you're saying is you're adding some things in that are specifically for wildlife, calcium being one of them. My understanding that correct. correct. And as far as how it's formulated, this product is it's a it's a concentrate. So it's you're having a guy who's applying it is needing to mix it with water and and spread it out that way. So is it shelf stable when it's in a concentrate form like that? Will it just stay suspended in the solution, or do you have to shake it up or do anything like that? It does stay in solution. Um, we had an issue and with some of our chelating agents in the past where it would grow some crystals but when we tested the fertilizer still tested out fine but we we had some interesting crystals you just about couldn't destroy them all you could try to burn them or whatever but we got all that straightened out as you know since we are a new company we, we're still getting all the kinks out of everything we've got this product that 
we know is working well and as long as it sealed airtight in the in the container or that that it was shipped in and, and stored out of direct sunlight it it will do it'll it'll have a pretty good shelf life from you know a couple of years we still have samples that we took five years ago that when we test them they're still testing strong and still looking good so it does have a, a good long shelf life and and like you say when it is a concentrate so it does have to be diluted if you if you pour it out directly on your own on something in, in the concentrated form it it'll it'll kill it uh it's pretty stout stuff right uh, well i mean but that's good because that, that means it's easier to transport and uh and get back especially going into somewhere like a hidey hole food plot or something like that you could pre-mix it in a backpack sprayer and uh even even for doing something like fertilizing native vegetation does it work does it work just as well for fertilizing native vegetation as it does for you know say putting it on uh food plots Yes, it does, and and that's the that's the great thing about being a liquid. You can control where you're putting it. You know, if you throw granular out, you not you may not want to fertilize everything that your your granular is going to be going to, but you can you can pinpoint you know direct bushes that you want to spray a uh, privet hedge that the deer are browsing on. We have a a lot of hunters that will take it in a pump-up sprayer or a backup sprayer, like you said, backpack sprayer, and go in and spray around their uh, deer stands and that are in the woods spray the vegetation you know within bow range especially over here in um, in georgia their bow season comes in so early there's you know there's still green leaves on the underbrush so they go in and spray that on the tree leaves and everything else and it'll pull the deer into in in closer to their stands well that's um, interesting because you know what you're talking about this it's a it's foliar it's um what is the word i'm looking for it, it's taking in to the foliar plant. activated yeah so it's taken into the plant through the the tissues and the stems right it's, it's as opposed to right. up through the root through, the, through the, the stomata in the leaves or stomates or ever exactly how you say that well we're all from goes, alabama so we don't have to say it right but it's like roundup <laughs> in reverse <laughs> if you think about it it's it doesn't take near as much liquid fertilizer to get the same results as you would get using a granular, you know, bringing up the Roundup issue, you know, you put two quarts of Roundup in a in a twenty five gallon sprayer, and you can kill a, you know, you can kill an acres worth of vegetation in, with two quarts. So when you go in with the fertilizer, you know, two gallons to the acre is a stout mix, and can give you pretty much the same results as you know two to three hundred pounds of granular when you take into consideration the efficiency of how much fertilizer is actually getting into the plant versus trying to come in through the roots and and with the granular getting bound up by the you know soil soil ph and you mentioned the granular fertilizer you know being being less efficient coming up through the roots so a lot of that is due to the quality of the soil um, Correct. you know and we all know we we got to get our soil tests for our food plots and to understand what we need to add back in, whether it's lime fertilizer and whatnot, is a soil test still necessary with liquid fertilizer? I mean, it's not going through the roots and the soil really doesn't have any effect on it, if I'm understanding it correctly. Well, the soil will have some effect on on how the plant grows and how it responds. It's not as big a factor using a foliar fertilizer as it is with using a granular fertilizer. You know, if if your soil's way out of whack, your plants are not going to grow no matter what you put in there. 
So it, it still helps to get a, you know, a soil test and know what, and let them know what plants you're planning on planting so they can tell you if your soil needs, you know, different elements. And, you know, if they say it needs 200 pounds of nitrogen per acre, then you, you can either, you know, use a granular or you can use a granular liquid mix, which a lot of our, a lot of our clients will put down instead of putting two or 300 pounds of, of granular out per acre when they plant, they'll cut that in half and then come back after the plants are six to eight inches tall, growing real well, and then put the liquid on there to get that calcium in there and, and get it directly into the plant. So it, it, it'll enhance the granular that's in the ground, but it also, if your soil pH is not perfect, it's not going to have as a dramatic effect on the fertilizer uptake as it would using the granular. Well, talk about application rates for a minute. So you just mentioned that, you know, if, if we do have our soil tests and we know what amendments are needed, does that change the application rate? You know, you were talking about a two gallons per acre, you know, or is, are you seeing that some places need less than that? Well, when you're looking at your soil tests, they're basing it on, uh, and we may have a chem- soil chemist call in or something other and, <laughs> and tell us otherwise, but when, when they do the soil test, they're basing it on, on using granular and telling you, recommending how much granular to use. But our stuff is designed specifically for the plant. It's not for the soil. So at two gallons to the acre, you know, if you divide your acreage into square footage, you're not getting a whole lot of fertilizer per square foot, whether you use granular or liquid. So if you got super, super rich soil and it's, it's in good shape, you could probably get by with going, you know, a gallon to the acre, but I'm always of the opinion more is better. I'll, I recommend two, but sometimes I'll, I'll even put two and a half gallons to the acre. So while I'm I mean, praying. it seems like to me that that's one of the benefits right there is you kind of takes the guesswork out of how much to apply. Right. At two gallons to the acre, you're going to get, you're going to get what you need and, and the plants will be getting what they need. And that's, that's why we designed it. It's easy to use and it, it's a lot less bulky. You know, you've got a two and a half gallon jug versus six 50 pound bags of fertilizer, especially if you're trying to get into a, you know, a little hidey hole spot, like you say, that, that jug's a lot easier to tote than those bags in there, especially if you're having to walk in. Yeah. I know on granular, a lot of times you're trying to time it with the rain. Is this affected by the rain at all? Are you trying to time it with it or make sure that you don't have rain coming, you know, immediately after so it doesn't dilute the effects of it? Or how much of a concern is that? If you can get about two hours of drying time on the plants before the storms hit, your your fertilizer is good because it'll, it, it, 85, 90% of it's getting in the plant within the first two hours. It'll pull it in there real fast. Um, it If you've got a lot of rain coming, it's not going to affect it. That's that's another big plus. I know we've all put out granular praying on the uh, a light rain, and then we get a two or three inch flood in thirty minutes, and all our fertilizers down downhill in somebody's fish pond, making it nice, pretty, and green. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you know that's interesting. What that tells me is that it gives you a lot more flexibility as far as when you apply it, because you're not having to. You don't have to apply it the day you plant. So, you know, you can put your seed in the ground and, you know, let it come on up and, and then apply your fertilizer. And it doesn't sound like it's a specific, hey, we got to apply it when the plant is a certain stage. But what, when should we apply it? How big are these, you know, if we're planting, let's just say we're planting a typical southern food plot and we've got wheat and oats and clover out there. 
and we go and we want to apply a liquid fertilizer, is it a week after? Is it two inches of growth? Is it what? What's your rule of thumb? Well, since it is a foliar product, you really want to be spraying more foliage than dirt. Uh, what gets on the dirt is such a minute amount; it's not going to do your plants really any good. So, for it to work effectively, it needs to go directly into the plant. You know, it may be depending on, you know, you put fifty pounds of seed per acre, a hundred pounds of seed per acre, or determine you know, how much foliage is in, in the in the food plot and at, at what point you're covering more more green than dirt. So, you know, it may be three or four inches tall. It may be six or eight inches tall. And uh, once, once you spray it on the plants and the deer, especially on my place and a lot of others of, of people I've talked with, once the deer find it and realize they're getting that calcium, they're going to mow it to the ground. So, you, you know, you want to give it a good head start to try to stay with, uh, keep up with the deer because they're going to come after it real hard. What about longevity? How long is this stuff going to last? If we put it out, is it a month, two months? Are we going to have to apply it multiple times in a season? Usually, uh, it'll last two to two and a half, three months, depending on, you know, how much the deer are grazing it and, and how much rainfall it's getting and how much the plants are growing. You know, you can see when you're, if, when you're, food plot starts to change color or when the deer start le- leaving it alone, you don't see as many deer in there, you'll know that it's it's lost that little calcium kick that it had and, and you can go back and sweeten it up. But usually I'll plant my food plots end October 1st of November. I go in and spray them around the first or second week of December and then I'll hit them again the last week of January just to really throw that calcium in there to try to help pull more of the deer to the plot and that's the other thing that we've seen is once the bucks realize they're getting that calcium they're coming to the food plots more during the daytime and and spending time out in the plots eating instead of just cruising through looking for does you'll see them out there all time of the day with their heads down eating and you know we watched one nice two-year-old eight point last year he put his head down and ate for 20 minutes before he picked his head up. Each uh, eye grazing like a cow. So, you know, you don't see that a whole lot, especially with deer, and, and unless they're getting something they're, they're really wanting. And, and we see a lot of that. We get a lot of reports for that. Yeah, it just sounds like folks are telling you, anecdotally, it makes it more palatable. Yes. With any fertilizer, whether you're using granular or liquid, it makes the plant taste better. And same with your, your natural vegetation where you, you know, no matter what you put fertilizer on, it's going to, it's going to respond and taste better. So and it's kind of, it's kind of like, uh, the way Clint uses ranch dressing. Pretty much. <laughs> Only it was Hidden Valley though. <laughs> Hidden Valley's not sponsoring this show by the way, but. Uh, HVR for life, baby. <laughs> uh, and, and something else that you can do with liquids, you can do it with granulars as well, but you know, back to the native vegetation is, if you've got a particular white oak that you want to hunt under, that, that you want, or you want to single out, you know, one particular white oak or group of white oaks versus all the other ones on your hunting property, you can go in there and put granular fertilizer around them and it'll make those acorns taste better. With the liquids, you can mix it up, uh, maybe a 10 to 1 ratio in, in a bucket and pour it around the drip line of the tree. Or you can eat, you can even spray it on the foliage as, as as well if you have the capabilities to do that. You know, which most of us don't have sprayers that'll reach 60, 70, 80 feet in the air unless you're a pecan grower. But you can help direct where you want your wildlife to feed at based on, you know, what tastes best. 
you know, we like to go to restaurants and eat, eat food that tastes good. And the deer is the same way. I would like to see that. And, you know, I mean, that's one of those things where, no offense, Chris, I'm going to be a little hard on you, but like, I'm sure a lot of people are going to say, well, that sounds real good, you know, but like, how can you prove it? But it seems like it'd be pretty easy to prove just by doing some side-by-side comparisons, which I know you've done, you know, just spray, spray something that spray two identical plants. Don't spray one and spray the other and see what the deer browse on. Exactly. And that's, and that's what we've done. We've, we've had uh, tests where, you know, we'd, you know, spray half the plot and the plot half that we sprayed, the deer would come in and they would walk across the part that we didn't spray to go eat where we did. You know, we've had customers that sent us pictures where they had sprayed half their plot and it looked like half of it was mowed where the deer were eating and the other half was knee high. That's another thing. You know, everybody likes to see a real green, lush, pretty food plot that's 10, 12, 14, 16 inches tall. But if you if you got a food plot that's that tall, your deer's not eating it. And that's the whole whole idea from planting the food plots is get the wildlife out there eating it where you can see them and, and, and benefit them as well. And uh, there's a lot of folks can grow beautiful food plots that the deer don't like to eat. Yeah, uh, we've all seen that. It's some, you know, it's kind of like when you see brassicas out there in the food plot and early in the season and they're that big lush plant, you know, big leafy plant and nothing's touching them. And then all of a sudden that first frost hits and you go back, a, you know, a month later and the food plot's eating to the dirt. And it's because something in that plant changed, the sugars in that plant changed and it became more palatable right. for the deer. And all of a sudden they, they attacked it, whereas they didn't want it before. It makes the, the plant taste better. And, and, you know, the deer, just like, just like all the rest of us, we don't want to eat nothing that tastes bad. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, When we come back, we're going to be continuing to talk about spring food plots and specifically fertilizing those food plots. Hey guys, we get a lot of landowners that want to know, how much is my land really worth? We've recorded a video series to explain exactly how we determine that. Just head over to landhunting.com slash go to get the series. I'm confident it will help you achieve your land goals. And we're back. Today, we are talking with Chris Grantham. Chris is the owner of Alabama Liquid Fertilizer, and this guy's probably spread more liquid fertilizer in his life than the rest of us will ever spread in the rest of our lives. Well, Chris, uh, you've got this product that, that makes vegetation more palatable. You've talked some about that. You've talked about how it's more efficient because it's being taken up through the stems and the leafy tissues of the plant as opposed to being taken up through the roots. And it's not soil dependent, so it's more efficient. I understand that. But you've also told me that this stuff can save you time and save you money. So talk to me a little bit about saving time first, and then I want to know how it saves money. Okay. Well, if you if you look at the time of, of rounding up, you know, finding a, a spreader to put the granular out with, if, if it's like my drag behind fertilizer spreader, every time I get it out, I got to fix a flat tire or, or work on it. You know, you got t- the time of rounding up a, a spreader. You got to deal with going and getting the, the bags of granular and, and hauling them into where you're going. And, you know, depending on where, if it's somewhere you can get a truck to, or if you've got to, you know, make relays with your four-wheeler getting bags in there to, to where you're going. And then looking at putting, you know, five or six bags of granular fertilizer out and the time it takes to do that or going to get a spreader buggy from the co-op and you know there's a, there's a whole lot involved with using granular fertilizer that can that can cause a headache with the liquids you hook to your sprayer or you got it on your ATV you put your water in there and your fertilizer in it and you go spray I can 
I can treat a an acre food plot in about five minutes, and I'm done. Right. Wash the sprayer out. You know, five, spend five minutes washing the sprayer out. In ten minutes' time, I've I've fertilized an acre food plot. Where when I was working with the granular stuff, I'm still trying to get a tire to hold air. So it can definitely speed things up. Of course, everybody's spreaders aren't like mine, but. <laughs> Well, I mean, it, I can it see that. Always uh, seems to work um, that way. We've all planted food plots, and at some point, been the guy that was slinging bags of feed and bags of fertilizer. And uh, you know, if you're talking about two gallons to an acre, most food plots in the South, at least, are not an acre. I mean, a lot of them are, and some are bigger than that. But the, I would guarantee you that the vast majority are not an acre. So you're not even talking about bringing that much liquid in. What about money, though? How does this compare? If we're less, we've been talking a lot about uh, liquid fertilizer per acre. How does it compare to granulars in terms of cost? It retails for about $20 a gallon. So you're looking at $40 an acre. I'm not sure what granular prices are running right now. But, you know, I think if you was putting 300 pounds of triple 13 or something out, it's around 11 or $12 and for a 50-pound bag. So, you know, you're looking at $70, $80 an acre using, using that much granular. Right. And if you're getting on up there three, four hundred pounds of acre of granular, you know, you can run into some serious money in a hurry. And uh, when we were developing this, that's one of the one of the key issues that I wanted to make sure that that we did was keep the cost down low. I was working at in construction at the time we started putting this together before I went full time doing the fertilizer with my father in law. So money's an issue for everybody. I don't know too many that don't worry about it and uh, don't have to work hard to make it unless they win the lottery, but um, we wanted to keep it where it was cost efficient. I know, you know, some other liquids out there, they're 70, 80, hundred dollars a gallon. And, you know, this, for what it does, this could be priced that way too, but, but we didn't want to go there. We wanted to keep it where the average hunter could afford it. What about equipment? So we've been talking a lot about sprayers. Can you, can you run this stuff in the same sprayer that you're putting out your herbicide with? Yeah, you can run it in, in pretty much any sprayer. We've had customers that used one gallon pump up sprayers that they that they toted into where they was using it. Um, you know, three gallon pump up sprayers, backpack sprayers, ATV sprayers, farm sprayers, pretty much any sprayer that you can get water to come out of and control how much water you're putting out, you can use it with. And as long as you wash your sprayer out with um with ammonia, you know, pretty stout ammonia mix after you spray your herbicides. Uh, depending on which ones you're using, you should be fine. You do a couple of rinses with the, you know, a good ammonia or cleaning agent that's available at most farm stores uh, to make sure you get, you know, the bad stuff out. But but you can use this fertilizer in con- in conjunction with, you know, depending on what you're spraying. Especially, uh, you know, a lot of people spray spray um, herbicides on their clover patches to kill the weeds and stuff. You can put this in this fertilizer in with most herbicides. You know, do a little jar mix to make sure it's going to mix properly but you can mix it with some of the herbicides depending on what you're spraying like one pass what about surfactants do you have to use any anything like that with it or does it mix just mix right up with water and and go with it you just make it mixes right up with water and, and go with it because it's you know that plant is thirsty it's always thirsty so when that water hits it it's going to suck it in pretty quick so you don't have to worry about a surfactant or anything like that well chris it sounds like you got a a, a really good thing going I'm, I'm 
excited to hear you guys have doubled your sales your first two years. That means more and more people are starting to use it, and that means they're they're coming back. Uh, so they're getting results. Where, where what's next for you guys? Are y'all working on any new products? Are you expanding your your distribution? What's next for Alabama? Well, we got a yeah, we got a lot of irons in the fire. We are working on some new products. This we hadn't even mentioned this part, but it is a it's a six twelve six fertilizer. We kept the nitrogen low because you know, like you say, a lot of the plot mixes do have clover in it, and and you know the clover doesn't doesn't need a lot of nitrogen, especially if it's been inoculated. It makes its own, so you can you know actually kill your float your clover with fertilizer. So we kept the nitrogen low, so we wouldn't have that issue. But you know, we do have a lot of customers that that are planting plots that doesn't have clover that are you know wanting wanting something with more nitrogen. And uh, so we've got a, some other products that we're working working with testing right now that that are that are a higher nitrogen base. And we're also working on one with some other beneficial amino acids in it, and and product uh, other nutrients and elements that are more beneficial to the deer's antler development or rack growing uh, than just the calcium. Uh, we've also been using, uh, testing some with, with a, a lysine addi- additive in it, which is uh, working real well and staying in solution that's beneficial to all ruminant animals. And uh, we've had some, some cattle farmers that are showing some interest in that. So we're, we're looking at uh, some products specifically for uh, cow pastures, uh, especially getting the calcium in, in the, um, in the, in the grass for the cows as well to help produce more milk and, and make a better, healthier calf. So we've got a lot of cattle farmers that's showing some interest in it. And so we've got, you know, new products coming out. We're still, um, we're still trying to expand our distribution network for the Clark spot nutrients. We picked up Southern seed and feed over Mississippi. They have 160 something stores throughout uh, East Mississippi and West Alabama. So that's helping get get it in the hands of the public a lot easier. This stuff weighs close to 12 pounds per gallon, so shipping can get expensive, but we do ship it all over the country. We've shipped it as far out as California to the West and, and, and Wisconsin and Minnesota and New York and New Hampshire and all up north. Didn't even know they planted food plots up there. I thought there's too much snow, but they have to do them early. So <laughs> we're uh, we're growing. We're you know we're st- we're expanding our footprint, and we're looking for more stores to carry it in their lineup and and distributors as well. Any way we anything that we can do to help get it in front of the public and and help educate the public on you know having something out there other than granular or the same old same old or something to spice things up a little bit on on your property and you know one of the things that we've also got a lot of comments about is people stealing their neighbor's deer uh, one guy said we needed to put that on our display booth is you know about stealing he said i'm watching my neighbor's deer come across the property line to my food plots and they're not eating in his and he said i'm not going to tell him what i'm using <laughs> so we're you know it'll when the deer find what they get and they'll go to it and, and we're we've seen where it's pulling them from you know, half three quarters of a mile away, crossing properties coming to it. We've had pictures of deer show up that you know, showing them say, "Hey, that deer belongs on my place," and he's over there eating in my food plot. So, I know personally, I we've all seen deer. I mean, I, I just can think of many instances where I've watched deer walk past a number of different, you know, a number of different oak trees to get to a certain 
white oak. I mean, he'll walk past 10 white oaks to get to this one. And for whatever reason, you know, that particular tree is more palatable to them than the others around it that are still dropping. So it it does make sense. You know, being more palatable can pull deer from different directions. And, you know, it's, it's kind of similar to a burn when, when we, last week on the show, we were talking about prescribed fire and, you know, when an area is burned, you're releasing those nutrients back into the soil. And, you know, we know when it's, it's common knowledge that right after a burn, you're going to see a lot more turkeys and a lot more deer in those areas because that vegetation in that area is more palatable, it's more nutritious. They know that. The good Lord bless them with, a, with enough sense to know what, what's good for them and what they need to eat and what they don't need to eat. And, you know, I guess we sort of missed that day in line when he was handing that out because <laughs> we all have a tendency to eat too much of the Wait things that we don't necessarily need. But Are you the telling me fried chicken and beer is not good for me? <laughs> well, I'm not going to say it's not good for you, but, you know, too much of anything can be a bad thing. <laughs> Protein and eggs and right carbohydrates. It's the it's really a yeah. well rounded meal. Yeah, <laughs> all <laughs> macros. <laughs> I, I'm I'm all about the proteins myself, and and as Joe can tell you, I'm not a little bitty fella. So uh, <laughs> I, I I'm serious about my eating, but I'm also serious about our about my wildlife, my deer, my turkey, and we work real hard to try to to help educate the people on not just using our fertilizers, but on, on planting food plots year round. You know, if you want to see, you take it, especially taking a kid or somebody that's new to hunting out and set them in a food plot and they sit there all afternoon and don't see anything, then they're not as interested as going back as if they're sitting in there watching deer and turkey and everything else feed. And you can train the deer and the wildlife on your property to, to come come to your food plot and think of it as their primary food source if you have something out there for them all the time and and keeping food plots planted year round with stuff that's not only just in the fall but you know in the spring when they're really needing that extra boost of nutrition you can see a you know a big benefit in you in in your herd health if they got plenty of good food out there they come get it first and then go browse and look in the woods and you get them accustomed to coming to that food plot every day they're going to do the same thing in the fall if there's something out there for them to eat and it's just you see a lot more activity on, on in your food plots if you keep something there for them year round. And you know we get used to going to a restaurant, we expect it to be open, and then you go and it's not there. After a couple of times they're not open, you don't go back. And you know the deer and the turkey are the same way. They get in a rut of where they want to go eat. They like what they eat, and they're gonna keep coming back to it. So you know year round plots is the way to go. What no matter what you're putting on it for fertilizer we, you know we'd love for you to use our liquids but hey some people have you know been doing the granular stuff all their life and they're not going to change and we you know we can accept that we knew we when we started pushing this liquid that we was fighting an uphill battle people like to do what they're used to and my dad was a a, a hard one to convince to use liquids but he's hooked now so oh, you know yeah, it, it can uh, be done chris if folks want to get in touch with you uh and they want to buy it direct uh, what's the best way to get in contact with you? We have a Facebook page. It's Alabama Liquid Fertilizer and Supply. They can go on there and send us a message through that. can call us direct at 334-233-2687. But, you know, contact Southern Seed and Feed. Any of their stores uh, can get it. And, you know, if you want if you want to get it from your local feed supply, feed and seed fertilizer supplier, tell them to give us a call. We'll be glad to talk to them. We're, we're always looking for new stores. You know, if you give us a call and tell us where you're at, 
we'll try our best to, to find somebody that's got it close to you because shipping with this stuff can get expensive and you know we like to to push sales to the to the retailers that handle our products for us and that way i don't have to go do it myself so right. um <laughs> we can get it out there we if you want it bad enough we'll find a way to get it to you hey chris how well does this stuff work on say blueberries and orchards muscadines fruit trees well like- the plot nutrients with the calcium in it works extremely well on muscadines we use it on our plants and and we get about twice the amount of fruit off of them as than, than what we used to any flowering plant that's producing fruit can benefit from the calcium uh, tomatoes you know blueberries peaches plums apples anything that that's bearing fruit can benefit directly from the calcium it'll help that blossom set do away with blossom end rot and then the other thing is you're putting phosphorus and potassium directly into the plant. And, you know, phosphorus increases uh, fruit production and the potassium helps in uh, plant growth, stem cell production, uh, water transfer in the plants and, and everything. So any plant benefits from this, from the liquids. And that's that's why we designed it. We designed it directly, you know, one for the wildlife, but two for the plants and peas works awesome on peas of course you got to put a fence to keep the deer out of them because they will mow them down when they've tasted so but it it does help in uh pretty much anything that makes a fruit it'll it'll make it make it jump well chris thanks for being on the show today and tell us a little bit more about about liquid fertilizer uh you know i hope if folks got any questions they'll reach out to you and i want to give it a shot uh I, i recommend it i've used it seen it work uh on a small scale and thanks for giving us a little more information good luck with the rest of your year well, I appreciate that, and and I'm I, once again I I appreciate the opportunity of being on here and and telling folks about it, and you know we got to get together and chase a bird ourselves and uh, <laughs> have some fun chasing these thunder chickens, and uh, if the weather ever warms up, it's been a tough season so far, but uh, I'm looking forward to uh, getting out there, and hopefully it'll be warm enough this weekend to chase one and have some fun with it. Yes, sir. We'll get out there and have some fun and be safe. We'll talk to you again soon. Thank you. Have a good one. Clint, you got to try some of that liquid fertilizer, man. Chris has sent me some photos and, you know, it's one of those things where you you just, you kind of don't believe it till you see it kind of thing. You get, but you got to try it to get the proof. But he sent me some photos where, you know, there was like trail camera photos on on a certain food plot and the vegetation was 12 inches tall and very little deer activity for say a week's time. Then, then they've actually got a picture of, them spray in the food plot with this liquid fertilizer and then just like a day after they spray that food plot deer activity just jumps like crazy there's deer all kind of cameras uh photos and those deer eat that food plot from 12 inches literally down to the ground you know in about a week's time frame i I just think it's so cool that animals can pick up on those subtle changes in palatability and it really makes a difference on a piece of property. And that's, that's really what it's all about though, is, uh, you know, taking care of your property. One of the reasons why we all like to hunt. I mean, sure. The, the hunting part's great and that's a big part of it, but I think we all get a sense of satisfaction of taking care of wildlife, leaving it better than we found it. Hopefully that, that our kids and grandkids will be able to enjoy the same kind of upbringing and the same kind of recreational activities that we got to enjoy that's right and you know from a selling perspective 
you know, most of your buyers are coming in with that same mindset. It's, it's typically, especially with recreational buyers, it's, it's family based. It's not just going to be them out there hunting. They're going to be hosting family and friends. So when they can walk into a track that's been well managed, you know, whether it's documented or not, you can still tell when a track's been taken care of. But if you've got documented photos or records, that helps even more. But, you know, those kind of activities carry their own kind of equity. And, and many times they'll outweigh everything else. You know, that's one of the things that I tell everybody that, that I'm working with on the, on the sales side is, you know, if you've got trail camera photos, by all means, send them to me. I, I want to see those. Do you see the same thing when you're working with guys that if they've got documented trail camera photos of, of nice, uh, you know, good deer on their property or big flocks of turkeys or just, you know, where they can say, hey, look, here's a deer that, that we let grow up, uh, is still on this property or still using this property. Do you feel like that helps helps you sell properties? Does that push buyers kind of over the edge sometimes? It does. You know, same way with, you know, sheds, uh, photos of harvested game, you know, whether it's bucks or turkeys or what have you, you know, or even just deer feeding out in the field, you know, just to back up, you know, kind of what we're saying and telling people about the property, it just adds more strength to everything that you're you're putting out there. Well, folks, that's going to wrap it up this week. I hope this show uh, helped you learn a little bit more about liquid fertilizer. And if you guys are thinking about giving it a shot, uh, give the folks over at Alabama Liquid Fertilizer a call. Check out one of their retail locations that carries it. If you got any questions or want to send us a show idea, something you would like to hear more about, let us know. And uh, as always, please subscribe, rate, and review uh, on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. We appreciate all the support so far, and we'll see you guys next week.